Pearson was factory contract. Here, Tommy Pearson is now pastor here. And now today, the Japanese on a beautiful day, but they do it for that brother too. Prayer with Reverend Miles, pastor of the Walnut Park Bible Chapel Church at 5547 Million Avenue, St. Louis, Missouri, 6120. That's where prayer can be heard on Thursday, on Sunday, that's the day. It's at Walnut Park Bible Chapel Church, 5547 Million Avenue, St. Louis, Missouri, North St. Louis. And really, the pastor and more team in person, he's going to Yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm 
to take them back to somewhere else. The foundation of the book of Revelation is for you to have the Christian life is the outliving of the in-living Christ. There you go. The Christian life is the outliving of the in-living Christ. And this is why. In Galatians uh, 2, 20 says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Crucified with Christ is talking about, you believe in death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and you have passed from death unto life. And that's how you get into the family of God. And it says, I live yet not I, but Christ living in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I'm still in the book of Galatians, but I'm going up further into Galatians, the fifth chapter, and starting at verse uh, 22. How, how you continue to be in, be in Christ it's a born process. When you know that you're born again, you have to believe in him. And uh, in, in uh, chapter 5 of Galatians, it starts off the, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, Goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affection and love. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another and envying one another. This right here is the Christian character is not mere moral or legal correctness, but the possession and the manifestation of these nine graces, which is love, joy, peace, the character is in inward state. That's the inward state. Then you got long suffering, gentleness, and goodness which is a character in the expression toward mankind or man. And faith, meekness, and temperance carries the expression of the explanation of Galatians 2.20. Not I, but Christ. And there's definition of truth in John 15, verse 1 through 8. This character is possible because of the believer's Final union to Christ. Also in John 15 and 5, 1 Corinthians 12, 12 and 13, and is holding the fruit of the Spirit and those believers who are yield to him. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Now, Rev, you just want to tell all those together because uh, you hear a lot of scriptures there, so kind of sum, summarize what you just did to us. The summarize is that as you void grace in the knowledge of the truth, 
this development is these are nine attributes of faith that God gives you when you go in grace and the knowledge of the truth, which is joy, which is peace, which is long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. You must have faith. It's impossible to please God without faith. Amen. And meekness and temperance. Temperance means self-control. You know, you know how these people say, oh, I was wrong under the what? Under the spirit of God. And they get the hollering stuff. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank That ain't control. And that ain't the way the spirit of God works. It's in, the, in, in the book of James, he said, first, the spirit of God is quiet. We are quiet and easily to be entreated. So where is all this law coming from? That's coming from the spirit of the devil. Injury and strife. Like you had a baseball game making all this noise and raising up all this hell. You know, Rev, that's kind of funny for you to say that because I know in my life, you know, we all have been a lot of churches, okay, where people, you know, uh, you know, run out of the house, do all type of things, and but they saying the, the spirit made me do it, you know. But I think in the Bible, and most of my readings that I've had, most times when, when when there's a blessing, when there's a healing, it's always in quietness. It's never a big display. Just go, Amen. Right. <laughs> even even when we talk about Abraham, you know, Moses and stuff, it, it was a big big celebration, it was a one-on-one conversation, when he had instructions to go do this and go do that, it wasn't a big celebration, okay, until at the end, when they were celebrating, you know, when they were doing something, and they had celebration those days, on different days to celebrate, but when God was speaking, they were, they were listening. Amen. Hey, 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 Al, just right here, James, the book of James, and verse 3, the third chapter, verse 15. See, this is uh, your beginning with God is the fear of wisdom and knowledge. Oh, yeah. But that wisdom from God and the wisdom of this world is different. The wisdom of this world is sending not from the world, but it's earthly, sensual, and devilish. For where envy and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy, and good fruits without partiality. And without hypocrisy, he left the spirit of God there. We, we know that uh, in the MAS, I'm seeing the scriptures here, but in Proverbs, uh, the second chapter, uh, 10 and 12 verses, uh, it says, okay, you know, to, uh, what you have to do, you learn how to be, how to be peaceful. You gotta learn how, how to be, learn how to understand and have patience. 
and then at that point you can get wisdom, then you can discern what you need to do. But you gotta have you gotta acquire, you know, some you know, some knowledge. And then you gotta be patient. Patience is patient, don't mean run don't mean jump and down, just be patient, okay? And then God work. It's like making a cake, okay? Anybody cook cook them pies, cakes and rolls this holiday season. But they had to go through a process in the oven of letting it sit back and, and, and let it rise. Let it bake. Amen. Amen. You had to bake so you could be as much as you want you was hungry, you couldn't rush it. It's a surprise. You just you have to go through. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then you know and, and, and that one thing for sure, if you rush the turkey, it ain't gonna be good and everybody gonna know it. If you rush the pie. Yeah. <laughs> it won't be done. It won't be done. You didn't let it process to the proper thing. That's, that's why God said that He brings, you know, first He'll say something, and then He'll bring it to pass by fulfilling it, which is making it complete. Mm-hmm. And if you know, if they notice in the in the scriptures about the fruit of the spirit. It was the number seven. And the number seven is dealing with God. Because God said after the seventh day, he rested. And he, and he, he made the world in six days, and he rested the seventh day. And that was to sign that, not a sign, but uh, revelation that this is true, that seven is completeness of God, and it's a heavenly foundation. Amen. You know, you know, real one, 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 one of the things, okay, that 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 we are in, in a world right now that everything is on rush. Everybody wants immediate satisfaction right now. They don't want to wait for nothing. They want to be at the front of the line. They don't want you know, to wait in line. They they want to be here, not the back of the line. Uh, they want to be, you know, uh, first to do this, first to do that. And God has always been telling us, take your time, let it come to you. Yeah. You know, a lot of basketball players, I know, I play basketball myself, and they always were taught, let the play come to you, don't go to the ball, let the ball come to you. Yeah, yeah. That's why he said, be quick to hear and slow to speak, because you think it. <laughs> When you slow to speak, you think it. When you push your ear and slow to speak, you think it. And can't nobody uh, know what's going on at that time because you it's, it's within you. That's why so many people be affected by the devil's these demons because they be so quick to speak and say, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And the devil makes them out of that. Well, you know, sometimes people, you know, we watch all these games on TV, you know, and one thing they all have in common, the first person to raise their hand gets a chance to go first and answer a question. And, and, and I guess, you know, the, 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 the quickness of answering a question, always you don't have the right answer. But you ring the buzzer first, okay? Yeah. And don't put it in, it doesn't mean that you don't have the right answer. Sure don't. Just because you don't answer the question. <laughs> right. 
and you definitely that 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 you know, most of our lives nowadays uh, we're looking at how could God do something, you know. But what as you just read here in the Bible in in Galatia. Matter of fact, all the scripture that we talked about together and what I mean like in Proverbs you know, second chapter that the twelve verse, you know, you gotta go get you some wisdom. You know, uh, you got to be patient because you can't rush and get that. Right. You know, you got to, you got to, they got to grow on you. Yes. Yeah. You got to get some experiences, you know, to understand how life is. Yes, sir. Like, yeah. Like, like, you jumped out of the helicopter and you went to 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 the but you, but if you got down there, this was a whole different world, wasn't it? It was, it was rough, man. <laughs> Coming off that chopper and another fire, right? it was rough. You had a low crawl. You know, you, as soon as we get off the, if the bird didn't have to come land, if you had to jump over a board like, and it wouldn't land. It would just let you down so far where you could get off and low crawl and protect yourself. And yeah. so that he won't be uh, blew up by hitting by an RPG or something like that, or by weapon fire. So, but, so, but, 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 but what it was, though, it was nothing like down there learning how, how that felt. You got some experience for his hand like that. You never got that. Which is right. I'm learning and how to learn that. And you, you know the, what the wisdom was in that? Uh, I don't know, but with the world is there, it's the, all the training that I went through before I came over to being gone, which was to prepare me for what I was going to go through, and that was the patient and quick to act as well and low quality to keep from getting home. Yeah. So, so, so you, so again, so you, you hit the ground, and you, you think it took place right away, uh, all your training. Yes, ma'am. All, all your survival training went to work just like that automatically. Right. And you sort of say, well, I ain't going to do this and I do. Hey, when you're going to train yourself, prepare for something, it's automatic reaction. <laughs> and I think Scott woke up just in the service, okay? They learned one thing, how, how to bond with each other and trust your life to somebody else. And that's when the bonding comes in there. It's a bond that you can't really explain to people who have not experienced it. Yeah. And, and like I said, you never forget that bond. That's the other part about it. What you learn it is there for life. Yep.
lake in St. Louis. There's probably not a cloud in the sky, and the weather is nice outside. You know, it is just fall, and and and, uh, and, uh, and it's unbelievable. I hope the same where you are. So again, life is just got to get out of here. And go. Welcome back to Ferguson USA HotTalkRadio.com. So this is lunch with the Blue Bar Team Congress on a beautiful Saturday in Brooks, Washington, November 28. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. But while that is going on, this this just yesterday, the world is not waiting on us. But uh, in uh, <clears throat> excuse me, in Iran, a top nuclear scientist was killed. In an ambush, and you know, you say, "Wow, on the on the rain. Well, you gotta understand that in the Middle East, there's still, you know, we haven't keeping track of it. Uh, we've been watching the election and stuff going on here in our country, you know, and, but that does not mean that that they have all come together around the world. And so this yeah. turned out, so, so this out right now. I remind you that we were part of a uh, you know, treaty, we were a treaty with all the nations and stuff, and uh, we were forced out you know, years ago. And so, so, so right now, this is a critical thing that I'm about to say to you. Right now, Iran feels that uh, that Israel was behind this, and and for the most part, you know, Israel's uh, been kind of pushing buttons and. Mr. Nanyahu uh, sometimes have always, you know, uh, tested you know, you know, the countries around them. And I think right now, what's going to take place, we don't have the slightest idea. But one thing we know for sure is that Iran said we're going to retaliate. And so that means they have a capability to work on nuclear, you know, firepower to attack anybody they want to right now. 
and if they're looking as usual and with no nuclear trees being in place, uh, that means that Europe will probably go to war so be on their own for the most part unless the United States comes come to, the, come to, their, to, their, to their rescue. And right now, while we we going on the election and stuff in our country, uh, looking at what's going to take place, nobody has been watching the ball here, you know, because so much stuff is going on. And we might be finding ourselves in a bad situation because in Iran, uh, they have been very patient. But when you killed our top nuclear scientists in an ambush, and we almost know you did it, and they're going to retaliate. And so this happened just yesterday. And so I'm telling you right now, in the days to come, please keep your eyes on the ball. And watch out what's going to take place and what's being said. Unfortunately, you and I can do very little about it, okay? But pray that, that, that something doesn't take place. And they may, may create a war in the Middle East. Because right now, you know, there's, right now, there's a lot going on over there that we're not even aware of. And this is something that's going to be, be on our radar. And also, you got to continue to pray for all the families that just had Thanksgiving and they had a missing person at the table. I mean, a person that's, you know, uh, that, 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 that's no longer here. And, 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 and you, you know, you miss your loved ones the most on a holiday thing. That's how that's we all come together in some kind of way. I mean, if you're on the Zoom or you have a dinner or whatever it's doing, you, you want to be around somebody. Well, this COVID-19 or coronavirus, I'll take your pick. Whatever name you want to use for this thing is unreal. It is unreal. Right now, uh, over 13 million people. That's a whole lot of people. You know, in the, in the, in the Vietnam War, the uh, Rev and I were talking about Lone Sky there. In that war, we lost 50,000 people. We thought, we thought there was a whole lot of people. And in, in, in the Vietnam, and in the uh, 9-11, uh, we lost, you know, the total loss no, no more than 5,000 people. They lost their lives there. Now, just to, just to understand what 260,000 people would be, if you took the St. Uh, Louis Cardinals, who stayed in that seat about, uh, let's do it better than that, in Ohio State, uh, they stadium hold about 80,000 people, okay? Then you put in there Michigan, they hold about 100,000 people. Then you put in there, and that's only, and right now we still ain't got 200,000 people there. And then you put in a couple of baseball teams in there, and then you're getting close to 260,000 people. But if you think about the 11 million, Rev, that's a whole lot of people. Yes, sir. There's a whole lot of people, you know. And, and, and I guess the one thing that, you know, the scientists, you know, have been saying to us over and over and over again, please social distance. Amen. Six feet apart. Amen. You know, six feet apart. 
I mean, it's that, you know, it can save your life. And then when you wash your hands, like in my case, when I go out, I wear gloves. You know, you need to sanitize. Keep your hands clean. Amen. At the station, uh, as soon as you come in, there's a sanitation, uh, there's a uh, hand washing, masks, and gloves right there. Yeah. I mean, and see, right now we are at home ourselves because here in St. Louis County, uh, you know, uh, we're uh, in a shutdown because uh, the county executive, and I'm in favor of what he's saying that he shouldn't down a lot of businesses and stuff because Missouri right now, these are not, uh, uh, we going off the chain. I mean, that's what the kids will say. What that means in essence is all of our hospitals in the state of Missouri. I, you know, I hate to be cooking right here, but we all should look forward to, I know here in Missouri, yeah, we're going to have these kids being built you know, for hospitals. You know, they, they have to use the dome downtown, you know, for the, or even arena out of St. George we have here, you know, for a hospital that they didn't get in New York for a year. And then another place they had, had to build extra buildings. Because right now we're capacity and we're just coming off of Thanksgiving. Uh, and we all looked at uh, all the people that were traveling on airplanes. We saw all the people that around the country, New York, Atlanta, Georgia, you know, uh, New York, uh, all these people standing, in, you know, not standing in line, in their cars, trying to, trying to get the vaccine. You know, yes. you know, I mean, they stand in line trying to get the vaccine. And what I don't understand, Reverend Scott, check me out here, is that in sports, like let's say like sports right now, the NFL have shut down all their locker rooms, you know, home facilities for all their teams until next week. And that's all 32 of their teams right now have been told, don't go to your facility. The reason why Thanksgiving came about, and guess what? And it's all the rules. Right. And they already know uh, people are going to come in there. And matter of fact, the, the Steelers game yesterday, I mean, not yesterday, Thanksgiving Day, uh, we were before the scene, and it had to be, it had to be, you know, had to be postponed. Now, you wonder why they don't count and they postpone these games. There's a whole lot of money riding on a football game on TV. I mean, I said money riding. The commercials have been sold. <laughs> the airtime has been booked. And so there's a whole lot of mechanics that come to making that cake. Like we talked about a few minutes ago, you know, what takes place here. You know, a lot goes into a, a you know, the, the team has to travel. Uh, you, I mean, you have to move a lot of equipment and stuff. You know, uh, hotels have been booked. Yeah. Hey, Al. Yes, sir. You notice, uh, that um, people are always saying money, money can't bring life, but time is what make you go on, not money. And these people are, are mixed up on that, and they don't realize that this this virus out here is out here to stay until God gets ready to move it. And, and, and uh, y'all, these people need to be obedient 
people of authority to say that we ought to be uh, social distancing and all that. That is coming from them in the words to keep you alive, not to make you die, but to keep you alive and make you walk through this and continue to believe in him. And everything is going to be all right. You know, you know, you know how right you are. Cause here in St. Louis, and I know it's other places. You got you know, the restaurants have been shut down uh, because you know that's one of the things like station people like that. And I understand, you know, that you know, and God knows we understand that the last time we had this in place, Congress had provided stimulus money for everybody. Right now, the, the Senate refused, refused, refused. They want to offer five hundred billion dollars. Five hundred uh, million dollars. Well, that's a drop in the bucket, okay? You need to consider that the police departments need money. The hospitals need money for supplies. They need money yeah. for, you know, for equipment. Yeah. They need money you know, for the doctors. They need money for the nurses. They, 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 they need money for I mean, all the things that you and I need money for. And, 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 and that is not coming for and, it, and it's our money. And the restaurants right now will be doing so badly in police because they are here to fill our stimulus check. And the bad part about this, this is our money. And you got maybe some, I think, like 20 something people over there in Congress, and they don't think we need no money. We don't need this. Well, forgive me, Ralph, and also, Scott, we are paying these salaries right now for them to be off. You know what I mean? You know, they get paid right now. You know, right now, they, you know, they, they have not missed a check. You know, they have missed a beat. They didn't worry about the insurance, the house insurance, or nothing. Uh, no, 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 the health insurance. Are we paying for it? They're going to tell us what we cannot have? I, I, I just can't, I just, I just can't, I can't, I can't understand that. I mean, I mean, it really matters worse here. When this, when this virus, you know, something I was going to talk about here, and I have to get into it now, especially, I was going to talk about the football teams that Steve Eaton canceled for the NFL, and some of the college games have been canceled because of the, the virus. But what happens here is these teams get viruses, you checked. They get checked, and they get the results back in a couple of days, a couple of hours in some cases. In the NBA, they had some tests. They got back the results you know, in the same day. And now we are waiting, in some cases, seven days to get, to get, to get, to get you know, get a, uh, the results come back to us. And they're costing lives and lives and lives. But what happened here, the haves and the have-nots, like you mentioned before, Rev, the money, these football teams are making money and basketball teams are making money, and you know, and so this, this, they, they are the have, and we are the have not. You know why? And, and that's why y'all give me the last. Hold on. Hmm. Where's your ref? Well, I, I got out of the show. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Okay. Wait a minute. So right now, you know, as we as we live, as we as we live and through this time here. These are some crazy times. So right now, this as we speak, the NFL Football League has, has moved and shut all of the facilities until next week. 
causing COVID-19. And, and again, here in St. Louis, and I'll, and I'll say it again, you know, around the country, our hospitals are being overflowed. Here in Missouri, uh, uh, Missouri is one of those few states that doesn't have a mass mandate. And one thing that's been proven is that masks do help. Put the numbers down. And that's a good thing. And also, uh, you know, we are, we, we are about to receive several vaccines about to, come to, about to be approved. And they, they will be available to us, but there's a process that each state has to go through for you to understand how you will have to, you know, uh, receive your virus. Now, in Missouri, uh, that means that we have to have uh, an apparatus of people in place. So it's not just in place. And, and, and for us to do that, we have to have, you know, uh, our state has to have, you know, facilities around the state where vaccines can, can be received. But doctors can have them in their offices. Uh, how does that be distributed? Now, to find out how that works, okay, I would suggest that you want to get your pulse if you can right now, or you can, or you can get the cabin. And if you would go to COVID-19 vaccine schedule for your state, that's COVID vaccine schedule for your state. And in Missouri, you can put in Missouri, Illinois, you put in Illinois, if you're in Texas, put in Texas, and you'll slow down, and they will tell you the phases that you have to go through. The first phase will be for the people on the front line naturally to get, to get, to get the, the, the vaccine. Uh, they got to be able to, be able to go to the hospitals and work on the people for you know, the first, first, you know, the first well, responders, the people that are that. And then the next wave would be the people right now that need it the most, that's almost dying. But first of all, you know, that's the first process. Now, how long would that take? Uh, I told you guys a couple of weeks ago that in, in our country, uh, the United States has got 100 million vaccines from Pfizer. Uh, 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 well, uh, we got 300 million people here, so we're going to see how that works out, who gets the virus. Uh, uh, I got a, I got a thought on that, by the way.
So we're going to see how that works out. And also, uh, as, as we start today here, you know, there's going to be a first. Today, the first black corner in the Catholic Church history is being, being uh, elevated to, to a cardinal. Now, the cardinal in the Catholic Church is the one next to the Pope. They are his advisors. They're the one that he talked to for advice. And also, uh, they are also the one that selects the next Pope. And so, Mr. Gregory, uh, uh, Mr. Gregory is the first black corner in, in the Catholic history in the United States. And, uh, and he got started in Devon, Illinois, and then he also became the president of the Catholic, U.S. Catholic Bishop Conference, where all the bishops there, you know, were there, and he was one of the people, okay, that was very much a trailblaze against sexual abuse. And he fought for zero tolerance before becoming the Washington, before he went to Washington, he was the Bishop of Atlanta, Georgia. Well, there's over a million people down there. And then his, his next reservation was the Pope, the Archbishop of Washington, D.C. And now he's going to way to a cardinal. That is great news, great news. And also another day of history for females today. As we went on the air today, uh, a female young lady made, made history when she uh, kicked off the second half in a game with Missouri and Vanderbilt. And because of the COVID-19 situation, okay, he didn't have enough players there. That young lady who was a soccer player to kick off the game in the second half today. And uh, she made history. And she started the second half. So history is being made today. Also, we can, before we go any further, we must have, uh, the, uh, 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 the Grammy Awards were announced this week. Black Parade uh, helped uh, Beyonce land nine Grammy Awards nominations. That's a whole lot of and also, I gotta say before we went further, the same Louis in San Luis County, we have the following with the COVID 19 in the police stations. In the county, uh, you know, uh, it's kind of, kind of messed up in that the, the officers themselves are not in the doors of trade in a little bit. But right now, we got about 86 police officers who are you know, working, you know, working right now. But and also in the city, we got a whole lot more than that. But the city right now is refusing to, to actually give a number to the to the uh, to the Union uh, president, and he's saying the city is not being cooperative, and it's all going to get sick. And I'm just talking about the restaurants, and also uh, right now uh, we are we are uh, saying in St. Louis County and St. Louis City, carjacking and murder continue to rise. So we please please pray for people and be safe. Now, without further ado, we have a very, very special young lady about to speak to. Uh, and I, and I, I can't begin to tell you how proud I am of her. Fawzi? Uh, yes? I don't want to mess with your last name. How do you pronounce your last name? <laughs> you dropped the N. Jama. Jama. Well, yes. you can tell, okay, that she's from the motherland, but also, uh, before we go any further, 
also, uh, let me say a little bit about her. She can't play, but she's a, a registered nurse. And she read her first book. And it's a bestseller already. And she did it the hard way. So, Rossi, please tell me, tell our audience how you, how you wrote the name of your book, first of all. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your man. The name of my book, the name of my book is Village Vibes. I named my book uh, Village Vibes because it's relating to the village that I was raised in uh, back home in Kenya. So I call it Village Vibes because it has a lot of of um, nostalgic information that comes from my village. And uh, I needed to, to relate that to the people before I tell them my story so they can see where I'm coming from. And, and, I, and also, your book is the best stuff. How did that come about? And, but first of all, okay, yes. you wrote your book, you don't type, you know, and, and, <laughs> and you also did it, you're, you're also a nurse. And, and, and working in COVID-19, you know, in, 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 in those units, that's where you work. We'll talk about that a little later on. But also, you wrote your book, I think, within 10 weeks, right? Yes. Uh, I wrote my book in 10 weeks. Actually, eight weeks to be, um, to be specific because the other two weeks was all editing because my book needed a lot, a lot of editing. But the writing, uh, I would have to be said seven because the first week I struggled to figure out what kind of tool I was going to use because I typed very slow. Uh, I only use the computer at work, so I know how to use a computer with the program uh, as a nurse, but as far as typing, I type extremely, extremely slow. I'm very, 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 uh, uh, very technological um, challenge. So a lot of technology information, I had to look it up, Google that, it, listen, and and it took me, it would take me double the time to finish a paragraph. So the first week, it took me a while to learn what tool I was going to use, whether it was Microsoft Word, whether it was, it was Google, what it was, because I didn't know what a template was. I, so I was researching and, and, and for that, on, on that for about a whole week. Mm. I tried to do Audible. I tried to do Audible where you can record your book. But unfortunately, <laughs> the tool would not uh, understand my accent. So I did that for a day or two, and I was very frustrated. <laughs> you know, and I, I was. Yeah. I, I try to write my book, you know, and I try to record it, okay? But, but, but it, 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 it took a lot out of it because you kind of, you know, it, so, it doesn't do what you think. It's not as simple as they make it to be. It's not because the tool is already programmed like that and not programmed for my accent. And so that was very difficult. Every time I say the word, it spells the wrong word, a different word. And so after about two days, I gave up on that. I was trying that because my typing is very slow, but I had to give up and try something else. So a whole week of trying to figure out what method and what tool I'm going to use. I have the story and the information in my head of the book I want to write, but I needed to put it on paper, and that was extremely stressful. <laughs> but, but through it all, it, it, 
when you came here, uh, what what city did you come from? You came to, 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 uh, to the United States. What did I do? What? What city did you come to? What city? Oh, I came to New York. I came okay. to New York, Queens, Queens, New York. Then okay. I went to relocated to New Hampshire. Okay. Then I relocated to Massachusetts, Boston, Massachusetts. And then I relocated to St. Louis, Missouri. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so now, I know. <laughs> okay, so now, no, so in doing this, um, uh, from being a, being a young ass to it, to, to, be, to being a nurse, that's a big culture shock right there by itself. Yes. Yes, it was. But I took my nursing stride. Uh, I also talk about it in the book because I never thought I could be a nurse. I never thought it was anything I really, really wanted to do because I, I kind of, I kind of uh, connected it to needles and blood all along. I never thought it was anything I ever wanted to do. So I started from the very scratch, from the very bottom, which we call a, 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 a CNA, which is like a certified nursing assistant where you're helping uh, the patients and seeing the patients and you know, all that. So I did that and uh, while I was doing all that, I was going to and I became, then I finished what we call the LPN, and I started working as an LPN, and then I still went back and continued and did what we call an RM, which program, which instead of taking me two years, it took me three years to four years, because I had to do a lot of extra classes because of my second language. Mm. Actually, third language. I speak two other languages before that. What other languages do you speak? We have, we have my dialect, which is called Kui. We have a national language called Swahili. And then we have, then I have English. And so it was difficult because sometimes I'll be thinking in my language and I have to translate. And it, it was tough. Then I went what back you, again and did my dad's Well, let me ask, ask a question, okay? You know, is, is, is it going to do this process, you know, uh, uh, what, what's it when you started out, I guess, in New York, right? Yep. Okay, and then, then so, so you started in New York, and, and uh, she went to high school, okay, in right? Yes. Okay, so you transfer, so, uh, you know, so you transfer your, your credits and stuff to this country. You can't transfer your credits country. You have to do exam challenges, man. Oh, okay. Yes. Now, no, so so now, uh, at, at what point did you get your uh, your uh, your uh, uh, what do you call it, a citizenship? Where was that at? Oh, that was a few years. That's that's a long process. Six steps. It doesn't come over over at one time. You gotta do all. This. You gotta go through all the other steps one at a time. You know, you have approval work. You have approval to be a resident, and then you have approval to be to be a, a citizen. So it takes it takes all those steps into account. So you just get documentation to keep you going, and then they keep you up and renewing documents, renewing documents. Until when they think, until when they apply again and they think, okay, maybe she's a really loyal person or maybe because, you know, they look at everything. They look at your tax, they 
needed to get it done. And so I found out about Amazon, and I found then I looked up for an editor. I, I went to people. They told me what uh, what uh, website to go to and look for editors, and I wrote to them and emailed them, and they would come and I would interview them, and on, not interview them, but to, to talk uh, on email, and I would see whoever fits my criteria because I didn't want anybody that hire too much, watching too much that I can't give, and I wanted them to know how much work my book is going to be because it was a mess. <laughs> okay, Nassau. Uh, due to difficulties, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are trying to get Mr. Ira Folks back on the line. Uh, please stand by for a moment while we go to a break. You bring the sun out to make my life Yeah. 
instance, like now I'm about to, I'm about to take a nap of your family, you know, because I have to work tonight. So I program myself that way, and I, I learned how to build boundaries and stop doing other things that were getting in the way of my book and my job, because um, that is another thing that was making me overwhelmed, you know. Okay. And that's, that works. So really, okay, when did you start writing your book? You know, how long, how long did you? I think uh, I decided on the 28th. I decided I'm going to write my book on the 28th of August. Okay. I, wow. Yes, and I did start it until a week later. And then, yes, and then I decided, uh, and then I launched the book completely done on Amazon on November the 10th. Um, wow. But I, yes, November the 10th, and I started, I launched it that morning at 7 o'clock. And by, by 2 o'clock, I was a bestseller. Wow. Okay, okay. So, wow. so back in August, okay, this pandemic was just about to, going, was about to take off here in the same area. Yes, yes. The pandemic is, yes. Now, so, so let me ask a question uh, that's very important here for people to understand. In the uh, ICU unit that you work in, that you work in, that the hospital work in here, uh, what what do you do when it comes to work with the patient? You speak about you work with the patient directly. What do you be doing with the patient? But first of all, let's back up. What equipment do you put on to work on? What equipment do you have to put on when you go into when you go work in the hospital? What what what? I mean, you got to put a mask or a glove. What else you have to put on? Actually, I work from what we call the step down bed. Not the ICU, the step down, which is just a lower level to the ICU. I even I occasionally get food, which they call they call uh floated to the ICU. If I get food to the ICU, I get a different set of patients that are to my level, but they're still in the ICU area, but to my level. Uh, so I get food over there, but I just they just uh, match the patients. I also we also get food to another unit that has depending depending. COVID patients that are pending results, but we sure. still have to down up the thing. So this is what we do. When we, when you're going into those kind of units, you get into work, and you change into the hospital, they're called the hospital scrub, because you are going to leave those behind. So you change into those, and once you change into those, then you get, you get what we call the shoe covers, you cover your shoes. You get the you, you will get what we call an N95 mask. Uh-huh. You must wear those when you're going to a patient's room, and with an N95 mask, you wear another mask over it. So you, in other words, you're wearing two masks, uh-huh. and then you wear a shield, or you wear some goggles, or you wear a second mask. The second mask can have the shield as well, so your eyes are protected as well. And you have what we call a hospital a cap or hat, you know, for your hair. So then while you're going to the patient's room, you want to wear, you wear what we call a PPE, which is a, a, the gown. It's usually a blue or yellow gown, all of them covered up. It covers your, your front and back and it's tied up. And then, and then of course, gloves. And, and you go into a patient's room and so... That's how you go, and you keep most of the stuff on except the ones that, you know, the gloves and all, and the gown, you, you got to change that every time. Uh, so you only take your mask off if you've got to drink water. 
so right now, you can't give me cancer or anything, but if you want to give my pain, you got to change. You got to change the gown and the gloves, and uh, yes, yeah, you got to change that every single time. Those every wow. time, because you got to wash your hands constantly, anyway. Uh, and you got to, and you got to wipe. Once you get to work, you have to wipe down your face. Wipe it down with bleach or with uh, with um, what are these other wipes? Alcohol wipes. You have a big container in every corner, so you wipe it down. And you set yourself in your own corner because you have to set up where you have your mask that you wear when you're doing a patient room and the mask that you wear while you're doing your documenting. Because you wear the mask 24-7 anyway. Just when you get out of a patient room, then you, you want to take that N95 off because you're so uncomfortable and wear the other mask. So you have, you have two or three, you have three masks at all times. So you organize your station so you have... The one that you're going to wear when dashing into your business room and another one over it and a shield. And then you come out and then you want to take, yes, it's a lot. Oh, really, 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 because this kind of blew my mind. <coughs> As you, in, in, in the run of a 12-hour shift, you change clothes about, at least about five, six times. And then you change the gown. You change the gown, yeah. You, you don't wear the same gown twice. Uh, you don't want to, of course, the gloves, you don't want to wear that. Sometimes you wear two gloves, depending, two pairs, depending with the kind of patient. Uh, yes. And, and if they're COVID patients, you have to make sure once you get in the patient room, you close the door behind you. You don't leave the door behind you. Because they're supposed to be what we call a negative pressure room. So that the air is, the room is already set up in a way that the air is going out to the outside. So, negative pressure, but you have to keep the door closed when you're in there all the time. But, so if you want something that you forgot in the patient, you have to stand at the door and wave at somebody to bring it to you because once you're down, then you're down. You're down, up, you're down, up. And then, then you wave at somebody and they can bring it to you. And, and so and so this is 12 hours when you go in there. And so when you, so how do you get your nap time in on that? How do you do what? Get your nap. Do you mean you to get a break on your break? I guess a break. You only get a half hour break. You only get a half hour break when you need to go twelve hours. That's all the entitled. Yes. Wow. That is stress all by itself. Twelve. Yeah. You only get half an hour. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so really, you don't have any time to take a nap. I mean. Yeah, 
I guess the, the, the question as a follow-up, how did that feel, you know, when you was, you know, when you was in that room, you know, with that patient? You know, what age was they? What I didn't ask quite other questions. What's the youngest person and older person you, you ever had that you know, dying in your chair? Well, I think it was, this one was, the one I guess that I've had died was on a COVID patient. He was about three years ago and he was, a, he was 20, I think he was 22 or 23 years old. And he was, uh, he was a cancer patient and he died when I was only 10. And that really affected me for a long time because I had a daughter that was about the same age. And so uh, he was not my patient. I went in there to help because usually when we know a patient is getting worse, the alarms go off, and, and, and so we help each other. We are a team. So I went in there to help, and I happened to be the one holding his hand and trying to organize his oxygen and, and calming him down and wiping his brow and all that. And so, uh, so just doing all that, holding him with one hand and just guiding my hand. Wow, I know that. Yeah, I know that has to have a, you know, a, you know, an, an effect on you for some time. Yeah, we had to have an intervention, and they asked whoever if we needed. There were two of us if we needed counseling and all that. You know, they yeah because of that. That was very. That was the saddest one of all. Mm, wow. You know, and you know, and I guess you know um, we talk about. You're doing this, you know, and, and this includes your daughter. How, how is your daughter? I know he's 31 years old. Okay, so, so, okay, so she's not a young young lady, okay. No. Yeah, I, I, I was just writing a book with you know, raising a daughter, and I'm that we've been around. Well, I went to nursing went to nursing school when she was young, so it was rough, but I did it anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, wait, you know something? Uh, one thing I have to say about you that, by the way, people can tell you, uh, but they have a birthday. Your birthday was on Wednesday. And, and, and so, I mean, you're celebrating on Wednesday. Did you have to work on your birthday? Did you, did you have it off? No, I just, no, I had it off because uh, I, have to, I have to learn to take the time off, which I have lost the hard way.
that right now in Congress we need to pass a plan for the hospitals and send you guys to find more equipment. You know, mm -hmm. so now I see why you need equipment because you're using equipment constantly all day long. Yeah, you change your gowns every time, and um, and that's important, and um, that's that's like the number one thing. Yeah, in the gloves. In the gloves, yes. Even the even the masks, the masks we try to they try to save the masks so we put our name on the beat. The N95 because they are more expensive. Uh, before COVID, we never did that. We use it one time, but um. They don't let you do that anymore. But seems like to me, okay, after COVID, that they will let they will want you to you know, you know, uh, it's more dangerous now than it was before. I know, but if we don't have another one to later, what you gonna do? Oh, okay.
people are gifted formally so that it can be like a paper bag so that it is print in print form. So that is, yeah, so yeah. But I also, I also have to get a lot of Money all, the, all that stuff. So, so let me ask a question, okay? So now, okay, you you were saying, how did you become number one on the best of this? How, how, how did that take place? First of all, when I started writing my book, I was very, very, very authentic. I have always had a mission. I had always had a mission to uh, that I developed after I was diagnosed uh, with my disease, and then I was able to beat it, beat my autoimmune disease with natural food and juicing to be specific, I realized that if I am a nurse and I can get sick and I have this information and I am know what's going on and I was diagnosed with autoimmune, after my research, and I did what I did, and I did it. I realized how about the people out there that are not are not nurses that they don't have the knowledge. Right. Who gives them the knowledge? I need to give them the awareness. So I decided I'm going to make it. Once I I, I went back to that and I was diagnosed, I, I was negative, and I continued with my different kind of lifestyle. I decided I'm going to make it a mission to create awareness and uh, to the people and community and just empower them. Just empower them to, to take care of their bodies. That's all. And so so because of that I knew that at some point I'm going to do this mission is going to go out there to the people. I don't know how to trend, to bring it to them. And when I when I thought about it I wanted to do a workshop. And so I did a workshop one time in August of twenty eighteen. Actually I did it with Dr and I did it at her school. She gave me a room with her idea, as a matter of fact. She started all this. <laughs> she gave me the idea, and she, so she said, I've got the idea, and I have the room. Let's do a workshop. So she knew my passion. She knew I've always wanted to help and empower people. So I did it, and we were going to do it, and it was, went very well. And then I was going to do it again the following year, and I couldn't. So I decided to get into social media. Well, 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 you know what I'm saying, Classic? You know what I'm saying, Classic? Uh-huh. You can do it now uh, on, uh, on, our, on our radio station here. You know, we, you know, because mm-hmm. really, uh, Scott can get okay. in here, all right, Scott? I'd be glad to, yes. Yeah, we can do workshops. Great. You can do a workshop through the station, you know. Uh, That's and, You know, and like I said, and then and, and, and doing it, you have members, you know, because right now we're around the world. So right now, people can hear, they can hear right now today, they can they tune in today you know, on our website there. They can hear you talking today in So you're not just you're heard in the United States, okay? So you can be heard worldwide, you know. And matter of fact, one of the things that, uh, well, I don't know, well, sometimes we do this before, well, right now, promoting our chamber that uh, when people join the chamber uh, they get five commercials right Scott? Uh, yes, three 30 second and uh, two 60 second commercials. Yeah, we, you know, so, so, oh wow. So, so right now when you join the chamber okay, as, as part of the package you get the commercials and stuff that you know, for, 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 made for you and in your case it, it, 
business development. Okay. okay. You know, when they had uh, 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 Project 2030, they were working a lot on partnerships between African businesses and African American businesses. And uh, yeah, this was leading up to uh, the election. Maybe, I don't know, it was over maybe 10 years ago, but there was a lot of violence. And uh, there was a lot of violence, and uh, we kind of got caught in the middle. We were friends with everybody, so it threw off our progress for uh, for some time. And, uh, you know, we stay away from politics as much as possible. Of course. You know, we don't try to tell people how to run their country. But, yes. but nonetheless, uh, what is your book about? My book is called Village Vibes, and what I do, I tell in my book, I tell, I, it's actually, um, it's called Village Vibes, and the subtitle is uh, Chopping Me Simple Ways to Stop Our Immune Disease. What I do is oh. I tell people, yes, I was diagnosed uh, with a skin psychosis disease, like the diagnosis that, um, it's an autoimmune disease. I was diagnosed with that, and uh, I was supposed to get a very uh, the treatment, which is extremely lethal because of the medication that comes with it. And autoimmune diseases, uh, they're chronic diseases, and they never get better. What is it? The doctors and the, the Western medicine maintains it just to maintain and, uh, and manage the disease, but it deteriorates as we get as, as as we get older, it's like a lupus or like fibromyalgia or something like that. It's a disease like that. And so, or a mess, something like that. So what I did is I ended up starting to be very different and uh, cut back on a lot of stress and all that, including, and I focused on eating organic foods and all that. And I reversed the disease in seven months, but I did a lot of research and I did a lot of juicing. But why the book is called Village Vibes is the best part. I call it Village Vibes because I talk about my village in Kenya, where I was raised, the food we ate from the earth, the way we grew the food and all that. I talk about how we had no credit growth, no running water, none of that. But we still ate healthy food because we didn't have any pesticides, we had no GMO, and we were all being healthy, and that's what I was used to. And then I talk about coming here, and I start eating the American diet, doing the rat race, working a lot, going to school, having no stress, and the lifestyle gave me a whole culture shock. And it was very stressful. So I ended up getting diagnosed uh, with that disease. But within all that, I started doing my research, and the research brought me to the, uh, to the Amish people. I found the Amish people, that was another completely lot of research, and I actually got into their home, and I ended up finding this family that took me in as a family, but that was the best part, because I'm talking about going into the Amish village, not the city, they like sit down, where they also don't have paved roads, you know they do that, they have places where there are no paved roads, and that's where the Amish live. And so I started getting the food from their farm, and so I'm not selling, but I said I want to be part of the family. So I started getting the food, and I started eating the way I 
and passion to empower people to eat the right food and to just take care of their own health and and just know what they're doing with their bodies with their food. Even if they're doing all the stuff that they're doing, going to the doctor is okay, going to the hospital is okay, working one, but you still need to know what you're putting in your body. You still need to know exactly how you're taking care of yourself before the doctor knows. You know yourself 80% of the time what you're doing. You do the work when you go home after you you get um yeah, you know you go you can you go to your doctor you go to the hospital but you have to finish your work is what I mean. Well, you know, so, Fassi, that's why I call it PS5. Yes. You know, Fassi, in Missouri, we have a lot of homeless, homeless people in, 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 in the state of Missouri. Or to planes, 
of which which it's getting better. Uh, but it's spread out, and in your village, did you have electricity? Then we didn't have no electricity. We didn't have no running water. We didn't have no tape goes. Actually, in my book, I put pictures of the kind the way we used to get the water from the well and from the borehole. So what I did was, in order to give people a visual picture of where we used to get the water and how we used to get stuff like that, I asked my brother to find to, to go take me take pictures over there. So he took pictures and mailed them, sent them to me, and I put about three or four pictures in my book so people can get a little bit of an idea. Yeah, many of us, yes. many of us in America, we don't get, we don't really get the, the real picture. You know what I mean? You're, right. you're, you said you were thirty minutes from from the metropolis of the whole country, and you had nothing. You had no electricity, no running water. No. But there are basic things like throughout much of Africa, and you learn this when you go. It's not only Africa, many countries, but, you know, we used to call them third world, but now we call them emerging economies because there's more and more money. And yes, it's developing. But you think little things like malaria. Malaria yes. is still a big problem, and it's mosquitoes. And whether you have something like a repellent or whether you have uh, something that they spray or try to take care of, malaria is a big thing. And you immediately notice the amount of people that have uh, various types of diseases uh, and things affecting them that we we don't even take conscious anymore uh, of that. Actually, Chad, so, you're right. You're right. You're right about that because my next my next thing that I I have my next mission because I have a I have a, a dream book that I write things that I want to do things on my goals and my dreams. Is to do a mission, a mission trip, so that I can tell people like that. And this is, I'm not, that, this book I'm writing is all that, but more of that part of it. I want to take the knowledge that I have, I want to take the information that I have, and whatever I can have, I can gather and bring it back. It is a mission trip, it is a group home, it is a supply. It doesn't take a lot, but that is exactly. What I And how can we assist you in getting those things done? 
And and I think uh, one thing that we can say for a fact here by using our freedom ticket here can help you, you know, uh, raise funds for that, you know, people need to get involved with that, uh, and take a mission. I mean, that has mission trips you know, are very important. A lot of trips in our area, okay, they go on mission trips all the time. So it's a matter of us seeking out, you know, for different people and seeing you know, who's in our circle, you know, of, of people that we have, and they want to help out. That would be amazing. That would, be, I, that would be amazing. Uh, because I have the contacts, like the nurses and the doctors. I have, I keep my connections and relationships because they are very important to me. But the funds and all the other stuff is a little bit difficult. So that would be amazing. Well, Chuck, my Chuck right now has been around the world. <laughs> and I love that. He probably knows my house. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I can't wait. I'm so excited. <laughs> well, now, that, that, that uh, I actually, I actually, I actually built a building over there in 2015 in Kenya because I'm all about developing my country. And I built a, a real estate of an apartment and uh I was wanting to give the job to the village people, so I did, and they worked there for five years, so that's how long it took. Building the building while I was here, it was a big building. And that, to me, was the best thing ever, because I felt like I'm creating jobs, but after five years, they had to find the place else to go because it was done, but it was like, they became like my family, so we had a family after me. Grand opening. I'll tell you the pictures I have on the I'll tell you. See, that's what the chamber does, okay? Right, Chuck? That's right. That's part of our mission statement. And, that, and again, that's what, that's what Chuck, you know, like Chuck travels the world and as I recognize the is it's our mission. And so you so you want to build something there. Uh, uh, we want to help you create jobs there. and. We have to be a part of something like that. That's one of the things that is happening now is that there is a, you know, you were talking about the Amish uh, agricultural uh, style and what they do. That's growing across the world because the genetically modified large industrial farms, the products that are genetically modified, they, they lose their uh, their health properties. You know the vitamins in the really? that are in the. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So we we want to develop organic farming uh, uh, within a country such as rich in agriculture, such as Kenya. And perhaps if you understand organic products, then maybe that's something we can work with you on. Oh, I love. I'm. Oh, that's my thing. I talk, I have. Like, I, I talk about all the time. I have a juicing a group that I on Facebook I started recently, and we juice every every Saturday at eleven o'clock, and we talk about organic. We talk. I tell them well buy, what is the nutrients in it, whatever. And I I just tell the group and, and encourage them to support. We all support each other because what I bring to them is my experience and my testimony, and I tell them 
out. And so I bring that to my group every day, and every Saturday I do a, a live video, and I just want to help one person. I always say, if I can just help one person, because what I tell them is prevention versus reaction. And what I say in my case when I was diagnosed, I had to react to the disease, and it's very stressful. It costs me commission and time and, and depression and all that. But when you prevent, it doesn't mean you are not going to get sick, but you know how to deal or work with it if it happens because you're already proactive and you know what you're putting in your body because your body belongs to you. You've got to be the CEO of your body. You've got to be the manager. So then it's your responsibility, not the doctor. The doctor wears a coat. But you've got to know yourself 90%. That's why I said when he gives you the medicine, gives you the diagnosis, gives you the treatment and the test, go home and do the work. Don't come back three months later and say, okay, I'm back for another appointment. But what did you do for three months? Did you change how you eat? Did you change how you sleep? Did you change how you, you, you do things? Did you prioritize? You've got to go to the doctor three months later with some improvement, not with deterioration, you know, or with some research. I think it's taken out some questions. Well, I'll tell you one thing for sure. It's a fact that if you don't put the work in, you can't get expect no results. Not in anything, even in the book. <laughs> right, right, yeah. I mean, it's like, and that's, and, and you know, and, and, and I guess in our country, uh, we we have uh, we have uh, amazing people, you know, that because the way we look at stuff, sometimes we want people to give us. Uh, and I always tell people, you know, you know, on the forum. When you want to chicken noodle soup, you have to raise some chicken. You have to you know, raise, you know, raise you know, have a garden and start like a year toward the van. Right. But well, you know what I, I don't think, I, I don't think our people are lazy. I think, I think our people are, we are programmed. We are programmed by society. It's not true. We are programmed yeah. to see that. That TV dinner in the microwave because you're always running in your business. It's all mental. It's all in the mind of your program. Mm -hmm. So, and this is why I say, like my group on Facebook, I call it Simple Life, Healthier You. In other words, you can do simpler things to a healthier you because you don't have to do these big things like going on a big, fat diet that is for six months to lose weight or whatever. You can do little things every day and eat the right stuff a little bit at a time. You don't have to go crazy shopping. And you get there. You maintain your body. But they're programmed to go boom, boom, boom with that. That's what we are. And that's what the world is like.
in, in any given day. And, and I saw, you know, myself, okay, that they put it on for the first time. And, and that's why there's such a need now for Congress to get some relief prisoners to the hospitals and for supplies. Uh, right now, a lot of news and 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 and, 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 and as the grow, they need more and more supplies. More so than ever now. So, Chuck, right now, as uh, you know, always talk about that, what do you have to talk about when we can to come up with this possible Well, it's, it's excellent, and, but it's, it's something that comes up more and more and more often now. The key, the key to the health state or disposition that we're in now has everything to do with our diets and the food we're eating. And then once you can think about what it is you're eating, then you have to go to the next step and consider the source, what type of, of Possibly come to you know this the thing I, I think I we had talked about what they were doing to the food and you know there's things that are manipulated something that at least in my house we started looking at is how the FDA changed in what they were allowing to be done something very simple I don't know if you know now like if you go and buy a bag of uh, I don't know let's say tortilla chips or uh, rice or something like that. They don't have to fill the bag up. The bag can be half full. And if they're allowing it, and so what, it's like, what is the purpose of that? The whole purpose is about money. That's all it's about. It has nothing to do with efficiency or compassion for the consumer, which making us pay the same price for half the amount. Now, if they're going to allow that, why are countries like pushing some of these companies out of their country from doing it. Uh, an example that we've encountered, particularly in Costa Rica, was Chiquita bananas. Chiquita bananas mm -hmm. is modified and done so much to that banana to make it grow to a certain size, to make it a certain color, uh, to look yellow. And the pesticides and the other ingredients, uh, things that are used in the growing of the product have made it less healthy to the point that eventually certain uh, breeds of these types of fruits and vegetables basically they go out of existence. They they don't they can't reproduce anymore because the soil is burnt out. They can't even put more fertilizer and other things in the soil to reinvigorate it and the product itself has no health value anymore. As a matter of fact it might be hurting you more and the things they were doing to the animals. So as you hear people talking about becoming uh, vegetarians or strict vegetarians and where is the food coming from and how do they grow it, that's where you're seeing a lot of uh, a lot of development in urban gardens. People that are growing food in the inner city and people that are like like Whole Foods. Whole Foods became global or, or huge in that they started going out and buying farms. Whole Foods is probably the best large food distribution system that uh, embraces fair trade. But in fair trade, supposedly, it's supposed to be that the workers are treated fairly and the processes 
that are used to grow the products. So if you go to a grocery store now, you'll see like the organic section for the organic foods. And even in a regular, you know, a Kroger or a Giant or whatever the, the main chain is, they'll have an organic sense, uh, section. But even though there's less chemicals and less industry put involved in growing that, they charge a lot more money for those products. They sure do. I want to thank her for taking 
manager rep, our spiritual leader. Well, thank all these guys for joining us today, making the conscious of the Jewish recovery. It's good lunch. And then, no, life's good. Have a great weekend. And talk to you at the same time next week. Life is good. Please be safe. Thank you very much. Amen. Okay, so I think it's all of you.
to 